Welcome to the Cubed Audio Show. Whether you are an entrepreneur, an influencer, a sole trader, starting your first business or currently running a successful business, Cubed's got you covered. We discuss topics around accountancy, tax, business advice, raising investment, helping you to manage your wealth, and marketing to scale your business. Before we start we would like to inform you all our audio shows are subject to be recorded. By accepting an invitation to speak you are granting us permission to record your presence. So let's get this show started. So guys, this is a Cubed show where we have Mark and Richard, the directors of Cube Consultancy. And today's topic that we're going to be discussing is how to raise funds, raising funds basically for startups or the businesses that are currently running. Mark, if you want to just give us a quick introduction, who you are, what you do and what you're all about, please. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're a Cube Consultancy. Um, it's myself and Richard, we're the partners. We're based in uh, our main offices in Har- uh, Harpenden, which is in Hertfordshire, near, um, near St. Albans. Um, we are a consultancy and accountancy firm. Uh, we do your everyday accountancy stuff, such as bookkeeping and year-end accounts. But we're also very focused on consultancy side, be it um, raising funds for clients, uh, business plans, valuations, um, and then specialised tax advice. Uh, we started back in 2019 and we're now up to, I think it's around 10 employees uh, and ever-growing. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. Brilliant stuff, uh, Mark. Now quickly, today's topic is fairly in- interesting, basically. I want to I talk to you about raising funds, you know? And first of all, how hard or how easy it is to raise funds? And do you think it would be a good advice for the startup businesses who doesn't have a lot of funding that they like they have some sort of financial backup but they don't have huge amount of funding do you think it's a good idea to raise funds for the startup ideas you know it's it's always a difficult choice when you start something up you know borrowing ahead of revenue coming in is always going to give you an exposure uh you know because typically revenues grow slower than you expect your costs are always there hunting you down and you know there's there's often there's often a time to raise and a time not to raise a lot of companies will start off or a lot of businesses start up will prototype what they're trying to do amongst friends friends and family local and see if there's any traction now what we would suggest and what we tend to advise is to, to set yourself specific goals targets and objectives, be they financial or growth, and try and quantify that in terms of building a business forecast or plan. Now, the the conventional places you might choose to go raise some funds would would typically be your bank. The trouble with most startups is they probably only had a relationship with their bank that that they've chosen to bank with for maybe three to six months. And of course, uh, banks, as someone once said, will only really lend to you when you can prove you don't need the funds. So they are typically looking in the main, COVID times apart, to find reasons why not to lend you. That is the our experience of the high street lenders generally. If you're a relatively well-established business, that's not the case because you have a track record behind you, typically two to three years results, and they will more than be more than happy to lend on the basis of your historical performance 
and sensitize what they think you may or may not achieve going forward. For a startup, um, I would tend to consider some form of equity investment, i.e. people who support your idea, have faith in your idea, but see that to give you some kind of traction, you, the last thing you need is the weight of debt interest bearing down upon you relentlessly quarter after quarter. So a form of equity investment, be it a single investor, be it a maybe a consortium of two or three like-minded individuals, or even turning to friends and family. So initially, especially in the early days, I would always advocate looking to raise funds in the form of equity, whereby there's no commitment you have to make to repay. And the flip side to that for the investors is, when things do take off and get big, then their returns grow with it. So whereas, you know, uh, maybe a debt interest bond holder might want a 10% return on their money, an equity investor is prepared to give you enough time and cash to prove yourself and then wants to share the upside with you. For, so for smaller businesses, more venture capital type arrangements, I would suggest looking around to those you know because you help is never very far away and so you wouldn't really suggest anyone who's a startup who's just let's say registered their business about four or five months ago they like that wouldn't be a good idea for somebody like that to apply for funding or raise funds well i mean you're you're less likely to get it in those early stages from your bank there are one or two exceptions and as you know, we've just been through a two-year period where the normal rules don't really apply. We are currently in a, a, you know, a UK COVID pandemic, albeit on the coattails, we hope, of uh, the third or the fourth or the fifth wave. And the government is clearly there to help. And a nice link back to last week's show where I said, help is often where you least expect it and right now rather than go to a, a bank and borrow i would in the first instance assuming you can't find something from your friends family or like-minded individuals look look to the government the government through the british bank is currently offering um business recovery and business uh expansion loans and the criteria for those have have recently been re, uh, relaxed so that you're not having to meet some of the higher credit hurdles that you would have to if you if you could sit down with your high street bank manager which you don't really do these days but even via the corporate lenders on the telephone they will expect certain uh, information they'll expect certain commitments they might even ask for personal guarantees if you go via the British Bank, which is an amalgam of startup, uh, challenger, and high street banks, and specifically explain how, as you emerge from COVID, the economic fundamentals are changing, and the opportunity is now. They have pots of money, our own money, obviously, be it the government, but ultimately they will, they are prepared right now to lend you up to two hundred and fifty thousand pounds if you can demonstrate that you are on the right track. Uh, we've done that for three or four 
businesses that weren't, albeit startups, but they'd hit major obstacles during the last two years and now are getting positive responses from a combination of uh, challenger banks and high street lenders looking for these recovery funds. And in part, a lot of them are looking for expansion funds. The government, as you probably know, is offering terms of around about 2.5% per annum, which on an unsecured basis is probably as good as you're going to find anywhere. So, you know, why not, why not, you know, pick up the phone, give Cube a call, let us know who your current banks are, and we'll see if we can, uh, you know, take you through the process. Because it's, it, what seems onerous at the start is actually a fairly standard process, and they're all more or less asking the same questions. Going right the way back to where we started this chat, have yourself some form of, of 12 months, 24 months, maybe three year business plan and forecast because most lenders even if they're underwritten by the government will be expecting you at least to know where you think you're going to get to with the help of their money we are i'll add to that that we had um we've had a few clients that have just not planned correctly or um taken into consideration the cost of finance i mean there's a there's a few clients i can think of uh, two at least that had an idea and went straight out of there and started raising funds at huge rates of, of both commission and uh, return for their investors. And that has really come to um, to bite them, really, because the cost of funding, if they're, if they're playing commission, then they're already down, be it 10, 20, you know, I've seen up to 30% commission. You've got to make that up on the product or the service that you're going to provide and take into consideration the return for that investor who doesn't know that any commission has been taken. So it's it's a tough um, it's a tough thing, but you, you know again it comes down to planning. When you've got someone who just believes they have this great idea, but just goes out there to try and raise funds and, and pitches it, and we all know you know a good salesperson can really pitch something, but you really really have to take into consideration cost of finance. You know, no one knew it was going to be a pandemic, but you've always got to plan for a rainy day. And when funds stop or when there's a slowdown on a build or, or whatever it might be, that's when it really comes home to hurt. So uh, I'll take that into consideration. Yeah, I would just I would just add a, a, a second footnote to those uh, that, that anecdote in the sense that the, those particular clients of ours who are now experiencing liquidity issues, have in the main been unregulated fundraisers whereby they have pitched to high net worth or, or sophisticated investors. So those folk are wary and are aware of the risks they're taking. But that notwithstanding, you know, the company itself is saddled with, you know, a cost of funds, as Mark said, approaching 40%, which in that slowdown pandemic where projects are taking twice as long um, is ultimately, we fear, going to end in tears in one or two places. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Miraj, obviously you involved in a few startups as well. So have you any questions? Yeah, actually, um, just uh, I guess coming from experience of when I went for, for a fundraise, I, I did it through crowdfunding and I think people might benefit from understanding the difference between 
some of the different options that were available when, when I was doing it. And some of the common terms I came across were angel investment, venture capital, crowdfunding. Is it is it possible that you guys could just maybe give a quick rundown on on the differences between those and, and who they might apply better to? Yeah, I mean, Mirage, did you actually avail yourself of some form of crowdfunding in the end? Yeah, yeah. So we... we um, we went through a, a crowd, crowdfunding platform called Investor, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we managed to raise um, around 150,000. So just within the SCIS threshold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, um, I mean, I, I myself, just for my sins, if uh, if I have any pennies left at the end of the month, I, I invest in and through crowdfunding schemes because. Um, as you know, I mean, well, maybe as not not everybody knows, but when you go through crowdfunding, the the, the basic up premise is you go to a lot of people who will put in small amounts of money that they can afford to lose, but in aggregate, the total amount of that pot is sufficient for one business to for that business to make a difference. So, like as you said there, you know, maybe maybe that crowdfunding of one hundred and fifty thousand. Could have come from you know 150 investors each putting a thousand in there are crowdfunding has become increasingly popular over the last 10 years most people will probably be familiar with uh crowdcube which um, has slightly lower entry requirements in terms of forecasts and analytics you do up front and there's some larger platforms like cedars who are also crowdfunders but they all have the same basic model, which is pitch your idea through a summary prospectus, a summary prospectus being just an outline of what your business does, why it needs the money, what it's going to do with the money, and how you might expect to make a return in the future. So you, you put in a, a small but focused document around your business idea and publish it and typically on a crowdfunding platform you may have a 30-day window and anybody who subscribes to that platform will see your idea uh, out there floating you might be lucky enough to be selected as investment of the week or if your investment is going quite well they'll be sending uh, email messages to all their platform subscribers saying this one is 60 percent subscribe 80 percent this is the most popular investment of the week but they they use effectively an, a, you know a crowd cloud and crowd platform to make people who do have small amounts of funds available aware of the other opportunities that are out there I, you don't just have to invest in the stock market you can get invest you can get investment at a, at a significant level from uh, a lot of individual consumers like me and you now when you talk about an angel investor an angel investor would typically be um you know you mirage or, or whoever going along and finding a high net worth individual who has probably been relatively successful in business or the arts or some form of um of, of life and decides that they actually get a lot of enjoyment out of backing individuals it's a it's a little bit dragon's den you know i they may you may come to them and say i need one hundred and fifty thousand. they like what you've got to say 
the angel likes the cut of your suit, thinks you've got a lot of credibility, can see the business program you're putting forward and most importantly believes in you and says, you know what, I'll back this one and puts their money where their mouth is and gives you the lot. So an angel investor will typically give you in the early days of a startup the initial round of capital you require to get yourself to the next stage. Successful schemes or successful businesses may then, once they prove that initial 12-month, 18-month, two-year period with the support of that angel, and they are now just starting to turn positive results, they may have made a loss in the first year and they're now turning the corner, and they can see the green shoots, they can see that their forecasts are coming true, they can see that there is a, a really long long and large potential in this business idea and then they may do a second wave or a third wave and seek investment at more favorable terms to the business and slightly less favorable terms to the investor at the end of the day an angel putting a hundred percent of the money that's required to start a company up in on day one is taking a massive gamble in essence they 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 may have done their due diligence. They may think your sums add up. But ultimately, if it fails, they lose the lot. If it succeeds, they're in a very strong position to grow with you and to get you know incredible returns. A lot of angels will invest in four, five, ten different startups at a time and knowing that they only need one or two of those to succeed and their overall return will be more than enough to cover the losses that they suffer along the way. So, you know, an angel lumps sum, likes what you have to have, puts the, puts the lot in. Crowdfunding, by, by contrast, lots of people putting small amounts in, possibly raising similar funds. Venture capitalists are, uh, well, I was going to say they're a hybrid, but they're not really, they're, they're really like, Uh, an angel or a group of angels who make investment their profession and they as venture capitalists seek out opportunity so it's they're not they are they probably see 5 10 15 pitches a week and based on the market space maybe they specialize in or where they want to get involved or where they want to divest they might pick their investments from a pool of a lot of different people uh, pitching to them they're just they're just slightly more uh, professional slightly more institutionalized slightly probably in it for a longer term an angel will just pick and choose they have no if they don't like an if they don't see an investment they like for the next couple of years they won't bother a venture capital or a venture capital trust by comparison it's its business to invest in startups and small companies. Therefore, they need a, a conveyor belt of investment because they themselves have taken on investment from other individuals and they are effectively making choices on behalf of people who back them. So a venture capital, a venture capital company is really a professional front for maybe a, a, a medium number of professional investors behind them. So uh, I, I, that probably is a bit of a long-winded way of saying an angel takes a punt, a venture capitalist uh, takes a series of punts, but ultimately with other people's money, and crowdfunding 
is lots of people liking your idea and uh, pulling together. So uh, maybe I hope that helps anyone listening. That's great. Yeah. And I, I think um, when I was going through that process, uh, there was a few notions going around in terms of, you know, who would be most suitable for us at that stage going into the first round. Is it, um, are these misconceptions in terms of, you know, when you hear things like venture capital VCs, they don't normally come in on the first round and they're quite numbers heavy and, you know, because obviously they are using this as their main profession. This is what they normally do day in, day out. Whereas angel investment, you know, that's kind of more people investing in you and, and your idea and whether they like you. Um, is that is that true or would you say that it's it's generally not the right way to, to put it? Well, I think, you know, th- there is a very, I mean, there is a huge continuum between angel investor and venture capitalist. They are in essence the same thing. They're people who are prepared to take a higher than average risk in order to gain better than average return. It's just uh, that typically venture capital outfits have other have other funds behind them and will typically have portfolios of investments and often large sums of money under their management. Whereas, as I said earlier, you know, um, an angel will just take a punt if they fancy it. If they don't, they won't invest. Um, in terms of what's what suits you best, that investor that believes in you the most is probably going to ultimately be the best fit. And that that could be a single person. It could be someone you know. It might just be a uh, a venture capital firm that specialises in your space. I mean. If you are, you know, building an app to serve the veterinary services community, pro- providing vets on standby with veterinary practices who are, who are low on skilled, qualified labour, you know, there may be people who specialise in that space and they may have specialised contacts. They may have developed relationships with, you know, app builders, coders, programmers in, you know, any part of the world. So. It really is. I mean, it goes back to one of Cube's uh, founding principles, horses for courses. If if you want somebody who to support your tech startup, you're probably going to be looking in at a venture capital type arrangement who specialise in tech startups. If you're looking for uh, money to punt on an idea about recyclable bamboo-based toilet paper, you know, that might appeal to the, the, the broader public, the great British public, the, you know, the, the, the global public, in the sense that they have that environmental consciousness and they, they think they want to get involved in something which is potentially transformative. It's, I don't, I, I think what we would say is that come to us, bring us your plan and we will um, share the best route for you. And um, going back again to where we started, you know, sometimes that might just be a government-backed piece of cheap funding. I mean, bottom line is, if you need the funds, you go where you can find them at an acceptable cost. Thanks very much, uh, Richard. We're getting tons of answers here. So today's topic, we're talking about 
raising funds for your startup idea. You may have an idea, you want to raise funds for your idea and, and basically get, get this a start, uh, get your passion into profits. So if you have any questions, feel free to raise your hands, come up on the stage and ask questions. So for that, I'm going to just reset the room and tell you what Cube Consultancy, what we're all about. There you go. Welcome to the Cubed Audio Show. Whether you are an entrepreneur, an influencer, a sole trader, starting your first business or currently running a successful business, Cubed's got you covered. We discuss topics around accountancy, tax, business advice, raising investment, helping you to manage your wealth, and marketing to scale your business. Before we start we would like to inform you all our audio shows are subject to be recorded. By accepting an invitation to speak you are granting us permission to record your presence. So let's get this show started. Okay, brilliant. So one question I have, uh, you know, you, yourself, Richard or Mark, if you guys could answer. A lot of people say not every industry would be obviously favor favorable for angelist investors or banks or, or maybe crowd crowdfunded people you know is there any specific industry do you think they would have a little bit more edge in order to get raise funds what do you say about that in 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 what sense in what sense like uh, a lot of people say like when, when it comes to let's say tech tech would be more most favorite you know like if you're building a mobile app or or, or something tech related business would be more favorable is that is that true yeah i mean if, if you come with a highly highly technical solution on a you know state-of-the-art advanced platform we're looking for people to invest and you one of your key differentiators is your technology i think you're going to need to move into an area um, of probably a vc firms venture capital firms specializing in that area because it, it may just only be they who truly will will get it and understand the the picture you're painting i mean if someone comes to me pitching uh, a technology idea um they're going to really have to keep it in quite simple terms whereas if somebody is pitching maybe a property development scheme or uh maybe uh, a cbd um retailing business it's it's something which i i personally can understand easier and therefore i think likewise an angel could in, could understand simpler so it's certainly true that probably the more technical and the more complex and the more uh specialist the business idea uh probably the more professional invest uh investment platform you're going to require if you look at you know probably three of the most successful crowdfunded uh, investments in recent years you know you, you you'd have to start with revolut bank you know they crowdfunded on a platform not that long ago and now their market capitalization is is measured in billions of pounds but that was really an idea that everybody could buy into because everybody has a smartphone everybody knows the limitations of desk-based uh, banking and banking on the move relates and talks to everybody so that was probably one of the biggest crowdfunding successes in recent years you take another one you may be or may not familiar with uh, a company called Brewdog, who is a specialized uh, uh, brewer in, in in and around uh, north london and they raised money and became extremely successful and everybody 
pretty much understands what the product beer in a can is all about. And ultimately, it was just about taste and putting themselves in front of the right decision makers in some of the larger supermarket chains. In that example, one of the angels behind BrewDog knew buyers at two of the large supermarket chains, which is why you'll see Punk IPA in available in most Sainsbury's and Tesco's. So, you know, crowdfunding really does lend itself to ideas that everybody can understand. And I would probably say the more technical your business opportunity, probably the more technical your funding solution is going to need to be. Okay, that was that was a very good answer and very informative as well. Thanks very much, guys. Mirage, have you any questions before we wrap up? Yeah, just just one final question from me, really. Um, when when I went through the fundraise, it was really important um, seeing how beneficial having a good pitch deck is, um, a good story, a good concept behind your business, um, because that's what allows you to to resonate with with people who might invest um is that something that cube helps with or, or you know is, is that something that you are able to help with if someone is ready to to go and raise investment and they they want to get a pitch deck together well ab- absolutely if anyone's listening in when when we end this call i will be completing a pitch deck for one of our clients and uh once upon a time in a galaxy far 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 away i've raised for a local Hertfordshire business three million pounds as a finance director uh, through 36 asset managers and VCs. So one thing I learned from that journey, and it was a galaxy far, far away, was that they really appreciated the first slide in the deck. They appreciated, tell us what you do, where, why and how. And then you, from there on, you just literally have five elements to a pitch, which is They've got the idea. How much are you looking to raise? What are you going to do with the money? Fourthly, what returns might I expect from that? And fifth, can you prove it with some uh, with some cash flow forecasts? And what might the financials look? So, what 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 do you do? The people who are behind that is part of that offering, obviously. How much you want to raise? What you're going to do with the money? And what's in it for the investor? All of our decks that we produce for our clients will feature around those five basic concepts. And sure, you know, a pitch deck could get could get a little bit bigger, you know. But I tend to say, if you just keep that story simple, you know, who, how much, where it's going, what's in it for you, what's in it for us, everything else typically can be relegated to appendices, because nine times out of 10, if they like the idea and they understand what the investment's gonna be used for, they'll come with you. And the back end of a pitch deck will just show them that, that you've quantified it and you've gone to the trouble to sense test it and you know what your key variables are. And you know that if interest rates go to this or if sales growth shrinks to that, they know that you've considered the most likely outturns. But sure, if you're, you've got an investment idea, you're not doing anything tomorrow afternoon, come down to the farm, pitch the idea to us. And if we like it, we can help you pitch to those other people who've got more money than us. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Richard. Anything else, Mirage, you want to add on to before we wrap up? Uh, no, that's, that's everything from me. Thanks, Ozzy. Yeah. Another thing I want to say, Mark and Richard, thanks very much for coming on to this show every 
Wednesday, 8 o'clock. I think we're going to carry on the same time, same day. And we'll be taking on questions from all the startups, business um, owners, entrepreneurs, any text-related business advice, even marketing questions, anything at all. We'll be more than happy to actually assist you with your queries. So thanks very much, guys. So let's just speak next week, 8 p.m. Wednesday. Thanks very much. You've got plans, ideas, dreams to achieve great things and leave your mark on the world. Whether you are an entrepreneur, an influencer, a sole trader, starting your first business or a seasoned business owner and leader, reaching your goals can be difficult to do on your own. Give yourself the best chance for success by removing worry and stress. After all, you spend a lot of your time working, so you need to make every minute count. Cubed Consultancy is large enough to meet all your financial needs, but still small enough to know your name when you call. We give each of our clients the individual attention they deserve. Finances might seem boring and time-consuming for you, but they aren't for us. From accountancy and bookkeeping, to tax and payroll services, business advice, raising investment, and even helping you to manage your wealth. Cubed's got you covered. We help our clients save time so they can achieve freedom. So focus on what you want. Focus on what you love. Dream big. Innovate. And create. And take some time for yourself. Leave the rest to us.